plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher of Bleacher Report. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And once again, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Good. How's it going? It's going. So on today's show, we're going to talk about our biggest takeaways after we reviewed the All-22 film on offense. Uh, but first and foremost, how was NFL Game Pass treating you today? <laughs> uh, next question. That explains it right there. Yeah, that, there you go. All right. So I will allow you to do the honors first. I will let you go ahead and give us your first observation. Tell me one of your takeaways that you had after you rewatched the game using the All Twenty Two film. Well, I mean, the thing that one of the, the thing I wanted to do here is distinguish what you know popped out of me from the All-22 that I didn't really necessarily grab from the, the regular game tape. And the first one I came up with uh, was Chaz Green in the run game. I mean, I think that, you know, going into the game, uh, to me, the expectation at left guard, no matter who was playing it, was just don't be so much of the weakest link that you pull the whole offensive line down because we just can't afford that. The offensive line is the engine of the team. It's the most important unit on this team because it affects very intimately the offense and the defense because of of its ability to sustain drives and the ability to keep the defense off the field, which makes it more effective. So the the idea that the fifth best offensive line being significantly worse than the other four and dragging the rest of the, the, the team down because of it was a very real thought. And I'm here to tell you that not only did Chaz Green uh, you know, do his job at left guard, but I think that in the run game he was he was a weapon at, at times. I mean, mm. I, in 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 the power run game, like he was able to get outside, he was hitting his targets with with efficiency. I mean, they I could be wrong, but it felt like to me that they were asking him to do a lot more pulls than 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 even martin at times so uh, i feel and that could be because he's the left guard and because of you know what martin was doing to help out damian harrison him damian harrison but i think that you know the point is is that they felt comfortable having him you know do that and 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 whether it was you know pulling outside to 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 secure off or seal off a, a defensive back and hitting that guy and making contact which is not an easy thing to do or if it's getting to the second level to on a on a zone running play He's just a great, fluid athlete, and he's able to get there. Now, the next step, I think, for him is is consistently finishing guys. Uh, but, but I mean, the fact that he's this far along already, I, I think it's showing why he was the choice as the starter uh, over Cooper. Yeah, so one thing kind of dawned on me today as I was watching their offensive line was they've got four former left tackles on their offensive line with Tyron Smith, obviously, Chaz Green, uh, Zach Martin and Lyle Collins. Now, I don't know if that's an accident. No, it's not. I guarantee some, you it's not. Yeah, you know, it, 
Yeah, because they like that athleticism at, at at all spots across the offensive line. Why don't you expand on that a little bit? Well, I will because I think that that's really important point, and and I I think that you know when you when you talk about like if you if you just think about how we discuss the defense now, we just we discuss I mean how many different guys coming out of the coming out of college and how many different guys on this team are defensive ends who can kick inside on on pass rushing downs. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen uh, Vernon Olivier uh, kick inside? Olivier Vernon, I always say Vernon. <laughs> Olivier Vernon kick <laughs> inside and play that three tech or uh, Demontre Moore. We, we use it with Demontre Moore. Or we've, we've A 250-pound yeah, defensive we put tackle. Li- <laughs> we put linebackers in there and, and had them rushing the pass, uh, passer, uh, you know, just like – you know, off a two-point stance. The, the point is is that what we're seeing nowadays more and more is that teams are doing a much better job of lining their best pass rushers. In fact, we saw I saw it on, on the tape, too. I don't know if there was one snap specifically where JPP was kind of in an amoeba defense, mm-hmm. and he was basically – and he and, and, and in fact, he rushed against um, uh, uh, Chaz Green. And Chaz Green stopped him, and 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 basically what it was is that he was on two in a two point stance, and he was just finding what he perceived to be the weakest link in, leak in the offensive line, and, and and rushing the passer there, and and what you're seeing now is that if you have people who are proficient on the edge and pass rush, people that have the athleticism and the size to be a tackle being kicked inside, that they're they're great pass protectors as well, and that you can you can split your offensive linemen out even a little bit wider, and you can have those guards handle being able to be in space a little bit better than your normal, you know, squatty 6'1", 320 pound guard that you would have. Right. And I can guarantee you that Denver is going to do the same exact thing next week with Von Miller. They're going to try to avoid Tyron Smith as much as possible. They're going to try to get Colin, or they're going to get Miller on Collins. So, I think it's important that you have guys that can that are athletic that can play in space. I mean, one of the things that shocked me was how often Dallas was in a, you know, a total spread offense on Sunday. They they want to play this kind of wide open offense when they pass the ball. Chaz Green's got to have the athleticism to handle that. And that's kind of the one thing I didn't like about Ronald Leary is if the Cowboys went to four and five receiver sets, Leary could get exposed with quickness. I mean, we saw it in the Packer playoff game in 2014. The Packers would line anybody with quickness up against uh, Leary and they could beat him. So let's go ahead and transition to somebody else on the offensive line. I want to talk about Lyle Collins. Um, I was thoroughly impressed after going back and watching the all 22. I think one of the things that it's, it's impressive, but it's also a little bit concerning is, and this is why I love the all 22 is you can go back and you can watch both tackles at the same time. And you can actually kind of tell the different technique. Tyron Smith's hands are always inside. He's never reaching. He's never lunging where you can tell Lyle Collins is getting used to playing that right tackle spot. He's just not used to, uh, kick sliding, and he's not used to keeping his arms inside against edge rushers. However, he was pretty doggone successful despite his technique being average at best. And that gives me hope that in the future, that you know maybe a year from now, Collins can clean that up. And I really think he can be a dominant right tackle. What did you see from Collins after rewatching him uh, today? Well, I mean, I think I think you you nailed it. And I, and to me, it seems like. What it is is that Collins is just a brawler. He's one of those right tackle brawlers. I mean, he's 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 big. He's physical. Uh, I mean, he's. 
I, I, he's got a lot. But sometimes more... brawler gets the. Sometimes when you say brawler, that that gets a negative connotation that they're sure. not a good athlete. Sure, no, but I I think that's 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 where it's kind of a little bit weird because he is he's 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 a very very good athlete. I mean, he he can move his feet. He can he can mirror. I mean, he was right. keeping up with JPP without any issue. I mean, I think that you know I think that he's kind of like the. <laughs> He's he's like an inverted Doug Free. I mean, he's like he's he's a, Doug Free lived on technique, and, and 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 was a brawler in the sense that he like, you know, was experienced and gritty and that sort of thing. But he wasn't like necessarily a guy that was going to win a bunch of fist fights with some of these bigger guys. Whereas Colin clearly wants to get Collins wants to clearly get in a fist fight with guys. But it's all mm-hmm. about whether or not his technique will allow him to get his hands on you because if he it, 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 that's where he's similar to to tyron is that if either one of these guys gets their hands on you it's, it's probably not going to be fun for you but but nope. with, with the difference is that tyron has you know insanely long arms which allows him even if he does miss which he rarely does does to you know readjust collins needs to be almost perfect with this technique in order to get his initial punch right but once he gets a, a hand on you or slows you down a bit or he makes you redirect your feet or you know gets you off balance at all he, he'll finish you he'll put you into the ground and um you know in that sense and that kind of beat you up physically like uh, sort of since I think he's a brawler in that that I would think that he prefer to get to tenderize you know his guy a little bit in the run game first and then uh, you know then start working on him in the pass in a passing situation. Yeah, that's why I'm excited for this week's matchup against Von Miller because JPP is a pretty good matchup for Collins in the sense that they can kind of go toe for toe with athleticism. JPP is going to use his power to try to forklift you up. Von Miller is just going to use his speed to try to bend around the edge. So I'm curious to see how Collins deals with that. Um, I'm interested to see how Collins will deal with him in the run game. Uh, moving on to our next topic, Landon, why don't you go ahead and give us your next observation? Uh, well, my next one was RPO effectiveness. I mean, I, I think that you know it was pretty clear just from the coach uh, from the broadcast tape that. Uh, that second down play that to Dez was was an RPO, but going back and watching mm-hmm. the tape, um, there was there was a lot more of it and and a lot uh, at a lot of key times, and and it was used effectively. I feel like even the can t- I jump in here real quick? Go ahead, real, really quick. Did they? They to me it looked like they targeted Landon Collins a lot on these RPOs. You know, listen, Did you see that? Yeah, and let me tell you something. That is something that I've been talking about all off season. So when they started doing that, I really got excited because and I and I think it just makes so much sense because basically what the RPO does is that it makes whoever the target player, the the heel, the 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 mark, however you want to refer to the defensive player that that they're using as the read, they they it basically makes whatever he does wrong because if, if, right. if, if he decides that he wants to come downhill and t- try to take out Ezekiel Elliott, they're going to throw it over his head where he was. They're going to throw it to the ball where, where he just throw the ball to where the space that he just uh, uh, left. If he decides that he wants to drop back into coverage, they're going to hand the ball off to Zeke and, and have him run at you. And, and now suddenly you're moving the wrong direction while Zeke's running at you with the head of steam. And, and I think what that does is that it eliminates the elite player on, on their defense who is, who kind of, is elite because he's a two-way player. Uh, is elite because he's 
a guy who can affect the run or the pass and you know kind of for eliminates that much more of the uh, advantage that the offense has by not you know not of them of the defense not knowing whether it's a run or pass is that he's going to be good no matter where that what happens he you know and and I think when you use an RPO to make him wrong to make that one player wrong that is like the game changer it 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 really it really weakens their defense quite a bit and i think in in situations like on the th- like in third down where you need particular amounts of 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 of, of distance or like uh, in the red zone again where you need specific amount of distances it is such a high highly effective play um that it's it's when executed when it, when when executed it's it's almost unstoppable and and really the only reason it it was stopped all night on Sunday was was and was execution issues was Dak overthrowing mm-hmm. Dez or uh, I think Butler dropping that one pass um, you know I th- I, I think or the dig route, yeah. yeah and I think that you know I I think and they you know and what's interesting too is that they started mixing them in with with screens as well did you see that they had one where they were they were doing uh, to, with a bubble screen I think that Terrence it could be that Terrence Williams. Screen maybe I can't remember. I maybe that was a third and twelve one. Yep, you're right. Yeah, I think that was that was an RPO bubble screen. So we're gonna see all kinds of different. Uh, you know, that's the thing about it is that last year we kind of saw simple stuff, and, and by simple stuff I mean stuff like we saw with Witten's touchdown, or you know where it's a, a, a simple read give to, to to Zeke or pass it to uh to to Witten. What we'll start to see now is a little bit more advanced RPO stuff where they start mixing in bubble screens, they start mixing in multiple run and pass options so that you have you know kind of a tree of decision that Dak goes through. Uh it, it'll be interesting to see exactly how this whole thing rolls out for the Cowboys. Yeah, so on Witten's uh RPO touchdown, it, this is just the way I think too is I, I was just envisioning envisioning Rico gathers running that route in the future form, huh. especially near the red zones. If you can, if teams are going to sell out to stop Zeke inside the ten yard line, Rico is going to be open all the time on that route. So if you can just teach him that route and a few other little ones, he's going to have a role on this team. Uh, and I think that's partially why they uh, they kept him, and I think they're going to bring him back off IR eventually, is because I think they are going to find a role for him uh, in the future. Let's pause real quick to tell you about our friends at Sesney. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Sesney Premier Realty Group. The professional and experienced real estate agents of the Sesney Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none. Focused on building personal relationships with their clients, Sesney Premier Realty Group realtors seek to understand their, their clients' needs and wants to ensure those needs and wants are met every time and will strive to provide a hassle-free buying and selling experience as they assist their clients with all their real estate needs. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Sesame Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. If you currently need or think you will have real estate needs in the future, contact the Sesame Premier Realty Group directly at 469-672-6987. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. All right, so on yesterday's podcast, uh, I said how I was wrong about Ezekiel Elliott. I talked about how I was stupid for liking Derrick Henry, (laughs) and then I went on this long monologue about how Ezekiel Elliott has no weaknesses. 
Then I turned on the All-22 film today, and I found two different times where he let a free rusher hit Dak. Um, I'm not worried about it. I'm not concerned. I know some people will point to uh, is, you know, Zeke missing practice last week to go to a hearing. Um, I'm not worried about it. I actually think it's more of him not playing much in the preseason. He just wasn't used to picking up blitzes. Um, and I think Steve Spagnuolo is a great defensive coordinator. He knows how to blitz the Cowboys. He knows how to get pressure on Dak Prescott. Um, I just found it interesting that Zeke twice messed up. Um, it's nothing to worry about. It was just something that they need to fix up, especially when they play Denver and Arizona in the next two weeks. Did you happen to see those two plays? I think I, I put both those gifts up on Twitter. The one I, I I remember the one specifically where he looked to be looking outside to the left, and the bot and it mm-hmm. came inside of Chaz Green. Is that that was one yep. for sure? And he yep. tried to dive last second, and he didn't get it. Um, that one to me seemed like like. I, I know that that's not that's not a a practice thing like because that was big on big pass protection at least it looked like to me that's a, about as basic a pass protection as you get where linemen linemen get the linemen and and backers get the backers and and so um, I think I think he just I I if I remember correctly he kind of came a little bit late so I think yes, maybe yep. I think maybe Zeke had kind of. Maybe he was on a green dog or something like that, and maybe Zeke, when he saw him, didn't you know didn't see a threat, and so he started scanning a little bit more to the outside. And it was then, just a good blitz by Spagnuolo yeah, too. I mean, I mean it, it the was, time, I think it was just the timed blitzes well. are hard. Yeah, and and again, like you know, I think it's tough for Zeke who's trying to you know look for work. Once and, and and look, I'm sure that linebacker, if he's on a on a green dog, I'm sure they're coached to say wait till the linebacker the running back looks you off if they're on big on big, and then and then mm-hmm. go from there. So. You know, I think that I, I think that it was, you know, it's going to happen. You're right that that Zeke has a uh, is normally extremely proficient as a pass protector, and and specifically because he knows what he's doing most of the time, um, and that's really half the game, really as pass protector as a running back. But uh, I think that uh, yeah, I think that as they get. Look, there was just a, a lot of hiccups for everyone across it's the league. One. It's, it's week, week one. It's week one, and with the CBA, it's really – September is really <laughs> the preseason, frankly. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see uh, how everyone develops across the board. But that it was weird to see that that was his the thing that he kind of – was his little screw-up. All right, talk to me about Terrence Williams. What did you see? Man, I mean, like, listen, he's just he, – you, you see the guy leave the the game early, and and I've heard I've heard both stories. I've heard that he he came in with a little bit of an ankle and then turned it, and then obviously I mean you, if you saw the tape, you saw him turn it. It was clear as day. His ankle, his whole yeah, foot goes underneath his sprain. ankle. Yep. Um. And so you know, look, he he stepped out for a couple uh a couple of snaps, went went back, got an X ray, everything came back cool. Got back, got back on the field and was effective. Like I mean, not, and not just you know, like on the field, gutting it out. Like he was, he he had several key plays, including this. You know, he was doing things like taking a bubble screen, like we talked about. I mean, with a hurt ankle and 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 picking up a long they had him first run the, down. They had him run the uh, go. They had him run the ghost sweep like five yeah. plays after. And, yeah, and, well, and, and then the most impressive part about it was he finished the whole night with one of the most impressive things. He didn't do a great job, but the fact that they asked him to do that crack toss on JPP with a hurt ankle, uh, he, I mean, it, it, he didn't knock JPP over, but it worked. He got, he sprung Ezekiel for an eight yard gain in the first down. I mean, 
look, I mean, that's the kind of everyone wants to know why Terrence Williams got resigned or you know whatever why teams were offering him that much money. Blah 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 blah. Like that is exactly why. Is because as you know, reliability is an ability, and mm-hmm. and Terrence Williams is extremely reliable in several different ways of speaking whether it's what he's doing on the field which you know look he's he's had some mental errors at times notably but at the same time he's also had some incredibly smart t- plays at, at times so i just and think, big plays and, and huge big games. plays the dude the dude makes huge plays all the time i mean th- th- like think about some of the big the big moments in cowboys history the last few years a lot of them involved terrence williams the the toe drag yeah. in seattle the i mean like like uh, these are the names touchdown against uh, J- the houston touchdown where romo spun out of it where he spun out he got and he went up high and got it i mean there's a lot of the huge Detroit plays he had two touchdowns yeah, in the playoff uh, look, game i mean i my point is is that i, I think that as much as He's maligned. I think it's time that we recognize that Terrence Williams does a lot of great things for this team and is really, honestly, like, I think Brandon Marshall showed you last night why you re-sign your own and don't go mm-hmm. chasing the big name who, of, of a guy who may or may not be washed. Like, you go get yep. you go get a guy that you know what he does. You know what he did last year. You know what he did in your system last year. So you re-sign him. He loves playing here, and he plays his butt off. Like, what what else do you want from a, a Z receiver, especially in, in an offense that already has Dez, Witten, Zeke, and Beasley? It's I think he's... A, the perfect spot, perfect fit for that position, and just like Bryce Butler is the perfect fit as that third, you know, utility wide receiver. It's it's a great right. unit, really. Two quick things on Ter- Terrence Williams that I've always appreciated: has not missed a game since being drafted in 2013. Like you said, availability is a commodity, um, and not once, not once, have you ever heard him chirp about not getting the ball. I mean, he has gone games where he hasn't even saw a target. And he, he's perfectly fine with it. And while I don't, I mean, may, does he deserve more targets? I don't know. But he, it's not a problem with him. You know what I mean? He's never complaining about it. Um, last but not least, let's talk about the Cowboys personnel package. Uh, so I thought the Cowboys were able to dictate basically whatever they wanted to do on offense. They started the game off with a ton of 11 personnel. They were able to... Uh, play out of the hurry up they were able to quickly transition to 12 personnel i was just floored as the way that they can switch personnel so frequently and how they can they have so many different groups that they can use and be successful at and that's going to be valuable throughout the season because you're going to play some teams that are good against 11 against three receiver sets denver's one of them denver's got fantastic cornerbacks so you need to be able to play out of a different personnel package to challenge them i was just impressed in the all the different ways the cowboys were able to uh, challenge the giants did you have any thoughts on the cowboys personnel package from well, sunday night my, my first thought is I'm, I'm so glad that you finally come around on this marcus because you were i'm growing you were johnny 11 personnel like all off season I am. and I, i've been I telling am. you yes and, and so was i but but I've been telling you that this was important for what the, all the reasons that you just explained. Because when you have the ability to try it out 21 and then run, run or pass out of 21, 22, or run a pass out of 22, if you're, if you're able to try it out 13, eight different flavors of 13 – you know, like, I mean, you know, whether it's it's the, your normal three tight ends, whether it's an extra tight, uh, two tight ends and an extra uh, uh, 
uh, you know, offensive linemen, you know, and then all the different formations that you can run out of their 13 personnel because of the, you know, of the guys they have. I just think that personnel groupings flexibility is one of the most important hidden traits in the NFL. And if you don't believe me, go ask all the the smarter people in the NFL that run that run them. Like if you go look at Kyle Shanahan or watch the or, Patriots. Or, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the Patriots, Patriots the, the yeah. Patriots have been doing this for years. You know, it's yep. it, it, you it, you have to become it's all of this is all about creating paths to victory no matter who you're playing you have to be able to uh, to do fundamental things in order to score to stop teams there's there are certain things you have to do in order to be able to have the flexibility to attack the wide variety of defenses you see in, in the nfl you need to have personnel that reflects that flexibility and 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 i think that's why having three solid tight ends five deep wide receivers and three deep at running back is important because now you can go weak look what they did with the running backs i, I i'm loving i i agree with the whole notion that that they may or may not be deciding how who's going to be the the active backup running back based on who they're playing. If they decide yeah, that they want to so if they want to run power, then guess who they're they're going to call up McFadden as as their as their backup. If they're going to run more zone like they wanted to against uh, the Giants week one, they're going to put they're going to put Morris back there. And I, and I think that you know when you have the ability to do stuff like that, like. And then all the other talent that you have with the team, it makes the offense, which needs to be literally unstoppable in order for us to win, unstoppable. Yep. And, I mean, we're going to talk about this tomorrow on uh, on the podcast about the defense and how they're kind of trying to do the same exact thing. They're trying mm-hmm. to get – I mean, they're trying to have like 25 different players on the field throughout a game. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Make sure you – uh, come back here, tune in, and we'll give you our defensive preview. But one last note before we end the podcast, Locked On Cowboys listeners, you're going to love this. If you love the NFL and the Cowboys, you guys need to check out Pro Football Focus, and we are giving away a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription each week on the show. You'll have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, draft coverage, DFS, NFL draft articles, tons of signature stats. Go check that out. If you want to win that, all you have to do is go to iTunes, leave a review, and include your Twitter handle. That's it. We'll be drawing a winner this week and reading the winner on the show. So again, just go to iTunes, type in the Locked On Cowboys uh, podcast name, leave a review, leave your Twitter handle, and you will be eligible to win a free pro football focus edge subscription that's it for today's show follow us on twitter at locked on cowboys you can follow landon at mccoolbtb i'm at marcus underscore we'll see you right back here tomorrow Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.